Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Hello, and welcome to this episode of That's What She Said. This is a previously Patreon-only, wonderful and lovely podcast that I'm sharing this week because my marketing calendar was to share more information about Ballsy. Obviously, that makes sense at ballsy.club, like you do. Um, And then uh, Nazis and Trump's reaction to the Nazis and... sending love and light to Nazis and what the fuck is going on? And um, I thought that this particular piece slash podcast that I've made might be of some use to you in terms of uh, reframing the ways that you are resisting things like Nazis um, without losing your mind or sinking into despair. This is as much for myself as for you, because my first reaction when faced with like, oh, people are terrible, is despair. So this is a masterclass in using joy as an act of resistance and using joy as a means to get work done, to take action, to uh, live a life that's worth living, and to um, work for the greater good of all of us without sinking into utter and complete despair for every moment of the day for the rest of your life. That's what this is. I hope you enjoy it. And um, if you are interested after listening to this and you'd like to get your sales game on, it is ballsy, B-A-L-L-S-Y dot club, which is where Nick MacArthur and I are teaching uh, women how to sell more work with less frustration. It's amazing. It's wonderful. It's new. And... We will talk more about it next week, because this week, I think this is exactly what you need. Hello, and welcome to this bonus Patreon-only episode of Joy is an Act of Resistance. Thank you for your support. Let's do this thing. If you want the backstory on Joy and me and our relationship, in case you're like, what the fuck do you know, Kristen? Head to kristenkelp.com slash joyisachoice, with little dashes in between all the words, or just do a little search in the corner for Joy as a Choice, and you'll find my history of uh, battling depression and how it's made me something of an expert in joy just because I'm something of an expert in the opposite, which is clinical depression for a very long time. 
Cool. So joy is an act of resistance. Here's why that's important. Calling your politicians and donating to nonprofits and marching in the streets are acts of resistance. Absolutely. But refusing to cast your eyes downward, refusing to give up or shut up or close down or keep your life to a dull roar instead of letting yourself expand into more of who you are is a daily act of resistance that serves all of humanity. Because when you're choosing joy, you're choosing to stay open. Since you can't selectively numb emotion, says Brene Brown, our super duper guru about these things, you can decide to stop feeling that the despair that comes with what's happening in your life or with the new political climate. That will also numb the positive ends of your own emotional spectrum. You kill the feels about the terror and the harm and the fear. You kill the joy in equal measure. When you decide you will not listen to the pain or tragedy or torture or despair, you're also deciding you'll no longer be able to access your own best, highest, brightest, and most gorgeous feelings. And that trade is not worth it, which is why we're talking about joy. A poem, to put it a different way. The Agreement. A redhead with a wispy ponytail and a pink sweatshirt. Strolling along and she stops. A dog on a bench. She smiles at the puppy, then at me, then back at the puppy, shining as if we signed some contract ages ago to discover the best part of today together, and she's holding up her part of the bargain. Joy tip number one, go looking for joy. Don't wait for it to smack you in the face with a parade and balloons. Go seeking it and you'll find it, I promise. You'll find it in little girls who see puppies and then make eye contact. Some days it's not as loud as you'd like. Some days it's only a new kind of coffee in the French press before you get to work. The size of the joy isn't nearly as important as the spirit with which you go looking for it, or the fact that you go looking for it at all. Joy tip number two, go first. Joy begets joy, but it's vulnerable to go ahead and be joyful first. It's so easy for people to dismiss joy, to call it stupid or silly or naive or useless. And by extension, you as the, as the joyful person feel silly or stupid or naive or useless. The world skews toward the serious. Why? I don't know. It just does. People say or imply or give you that look that says, you can't go laughing when there are refugees dying. You can't go around having fun when there are starving children in other nations. Again, with Brene Brown here, the shaming of ourselves for joy doesn't actually work. It doesn't make us better or more enlightened people. It only makes us more miserable and it tamps us down and it keeps us from being fully alive. I've been called cute more times than I can count because of this going first with joy thing, so I get it. Once I was in Target with Bear pushing me through the aisles, because you know I sit in the kid's seat and he pushes me, and we happened upon an employee team meeting back in Housewires. Instead of going around the group of employees, like a normal human, Bear pushed me directly through the middle of the meeting while we whooped and high-fived every single person in the aisle. Then we bought our toilet paper and we went home. We could have missed the mark. The Target employees could have left us hanging, looking like joyful morons, but instead we gave them permission to high-five and cheer and have fun before they went back to their boring Wednesday checklist. And the manager was probably very grateful that we got them to look alive on a Wednesday morning. Joy begets joy, so be joyful first. Yes, you could be shut down or ignored or collect strange looks when you let it out, but you could also encounter the human spirit and see it dancing with delight. And I've found that the odds are much higher on that front, especially around kids and dogs. 
also dogs, when you wag at them, they wag back in a spiritual sense, bigger and brighter and with more ferocity because their first language is joy. If you need a crash course in joy or you've forgotten what it's like, turn to the animals and you will remember in no time. Joy tip number three, treat joy like it's mandatory. Joy is vital to the fabric of human existence, which means joy is vital to the fabric of your existence. Whether you like it or not, whether you think it's important or not, whether you think you have time for it or not, whether you're too busy running errands to fucking smile at the fucking puppies and how dare you say the word fucking and how dare you talk about puppies, Kristen, I get it. But if joy were a requirement for you to pass life, would you still be passing? Or would you have been stuck in the same grade for a bunch of years by now? And that feels important, so I'm going to repeat it. If joy were a requirement for you to pass life, would you still be passing? Or would you have been stuck in the same grade for a bunch of years by now? If you treat joy like it's mandatory, you will have to find a way into it each day. That might feel impossible or terrible or hard or useless or energy-sucking, which is why I'm going to spend the rest of this time laying out three joy-building implements right now. Let's review how to find your way into joy in this moment, how to keep joy from disappearing from your life entirely, and how to recover it once it's gone missing. Just a note for people that like processes and steps and things, you can recover joy at literally any moment without consequence or penalty. This does not have to be a process. You do not have to unfold layer upon layer upon layer of this. You don't have to earn joy or walk on your knees through glass while singing sad songs to make amends. The bright flapping of your laughter as it trickles through your throat is payment enough. You do not have to make amends for not having joy. You just step into it at this moment and you start the ride. Ten ways into joy in this moment. One, dance or shake or both. And if you're like, I don't know what the fuck shaking is, pause what you're doing. Don't pause me because I'm going to walk you through it. I'm going to stand up and do it with you right now. Okay, so... I learned this from Koya, Q-O-Y-A, with Rochelle Chic. You can Google that shit, or you can just do it with me. So think of a song that you like, literally any song. I don't have one available because I don't know what your favorite song is, okay? And then just stand up and shake your right leg. Just shake it. That's all that's happening. It's just shaking back and forth. You're like, this is stupid and terrible, right? Okay, okay, cool, fine. You can judge it. And then shake your left leg. Cool. And then put your feet down and shake your knees which is also going to lead to shaking your hips. And then if you had a, a tail, you can wag it like a puppy. So you're shaking your hips. You can hear me doing this too. Like I'm not, you do it too. Okay. And then shake your right arm. And I got to switch my phone to the other hand, shake your left arm and then shake your chest and then shake your head and your neck and then just shake your whole body. And it's hard to talk and do that. So you shake your whole body. And just there isn't any right or wrong way to do it in case you're like, I'm doing this wrong. Just just shake. You've seen animals do this in the animal kingdom. You've seen dogs just or cats or all of them. They all do it. It's this sort of energetic reset. It's available to you at any time. And I guarantee that you feel better now than you did when you were sitting and you weren't shaking. 30 fucking seconds. That's all it takes. If you want to dance more, uh... You can set yourself up with um, music traps, meaning that like music will automatically turn on in your house at some point during the day. If you get a jukebox, you will automatically dance more. This is what I have learned having purchased Bear a jukebox for his birthday. 
there's so much more dancing because you just punch it in. And it's your favorite songs on the 45s and the records and it fills your living room and it's magic. If you're like, damn it, these are too, ex- these are too expensive and extreme, Kristen. You can make extended eye contact with a child or a dog or both today. And I don't include adults because most adults I have found are not joyful. So kids and dogs are the closest to joy that we get, especially like babies. Baby joy is so good because they don't have any filters. They only feel energy. And if you give them any sort of hint that you want to have joy, they're going to give it to you back for the most part especially not your own kids because they, <laughs> they're the hardest to manipulate in that sense. But other kids will give you joy, no problem. Other ways to joy in this moment, right after you've listened to this, put your phone down for more than 20 minutes and as much as a full day. I promise it helps. I promise that when you stare at screens so much or you let the things on the screens just go flinging through your brain, leaving horrible thoughts behind, bad things happen because we are not yet accustomed to it as a society to having screens. We are not evolved to that. Screens have only been around for a few years. They've been around for no time in terms of evolution. And smartphones have been along for less than the blink of an eye from an evolutionary standpoint. We're not made for screens. When you forget that, put your phone down and see how much better you feel 24 hours later. I promise a direct route to joy is to unplug from all screens, in particular your phone. This is only going to get harder. Here we go. Get laid. I know you're tired or you're single or it's been a while or whatever your excuses are and that's fine. But getting laid, and I mean that like in the solo or the couple or the whatever lights you up sense, it's way more awesome than your brain remembers. Like your body forgets on purpose so that you can sort of tamp it down. But the only way to remember it is to get out there and do it. So get out there and do it. If you need help on this front, Kim, K-I-M. Anami, A-N-A-M-I dot com. And she has this wonderful freebie called How to Rev Up Your Sex Life, Even If You Don't Have One. Um, Go download that freebie. It's super wonderful, delightful. KimAnami.com and get to it. There is always joy there waiting for you. Another way to joy, be here. So often so much of our time is spent elsewhere that you can be here. You can laugh at the absurd signs you see and the kids who are making silly faces. And like, I still remember this kid who was just punching his mom in the butt. Like, what are you doing, child? Like, you're standing in line at the supermarket punching your mom in the butt. And she was really annoyed. But it's really funny for me because I'm not being punched in the butt currently. Compliment people's outfits. Be really specific. Smile at babies. Smile at other people. Laugh instead of trying to hold it in or cover it up or pretend something isn't funny. Just enjoy what is there to be enjoyed if you do nothing else. Also, fashion. You can wear a magnificent outfit today. Okay, I have a shirt that has a koala riding a unicorn while flying a pizza kite on it. And um, it gets wonderful reactions everywhere I go because it's a goddamn koala with pizza kite riding unicorn shirt. It's just magic and it's happy. It doesn't hurt anybody. I could be wearing a boring gray shirt or I could be wearing that shirt. One has joy in it. One kind of doesn't. So go with the joy one. Also, it's okay to shop in the kids section. You would be surprised at the things they have that fit you from the kids section. Um, Also, I regularly have dreams in which my pink hair is dyed brown and then my life dips into despair. So these things 
matter because the more you you get and the more turned up you get and the more joyful you get, the more that the threat of turning it down hurts. Which brings us to our next point, which is turn up the volume on yourself, turn up your preferences, turn up the fashion, turn up your voice, turn up whatever it is that's the most you that's dying to get out in there. You can find that little tiny voice and you can turn it up. You don't have to dye your hair pink or purple or green. There are these little nudges that when you see them, when you see this person, you're like, oh yeah, I want to be more like that. Or when you see that thing, you're like, I've been meaning to do that. Do the things that you've been meaning to do in particular, if they are joyful and wonderful and delightful. Make a noise. This is weird. I know at first breathe. Because often breathing has a noise. We don't let breathing have noises because it's weird. But just let breathing have a noise. And then make more noises. The number one way to get a child under the age of seven to laugh is to go or 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 just make weird fucking noises because our bodies make noises and there's joy in them. Like it's really hard to be like, I am watching the president talk. It is terrible. Somehow it's just better that way, I promise. I don't know why that is. Just make noise and sing and let out the noises that want to come out. It's fine. Finally, you can just express enthusiasm for any progress you see or any good things you find. This week, okay, first off, the pink trees took a chance. They like fully exploded and now it's it's snowing and it's cold and they're all dead. But they took that chance and they made me so happy. I specifically spoke to each one of the pink trees I passed to thank them for doing their job. The daffodils in my yard also took a chance. They are also dead and frozen, but damn it, they took that chance and they were glorious on those 70 degree days. Get excited for stupid, small shit. It doesn't have to be major shit. Like book releases from authors that you like. Like put that shit on the calendar. Get excited for articles that you read or poems you read or shows you go to or conversations you have. Just don't tamp down your laughter or your delight ever, 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 ever again. You don't have to do that. That's not a requirement for being alive. In fact, it's the opposite. And if you're in a boring meeting or you have to act quote-unquote professional, take notes of the absurd or stupid or funny things that are happening and then share them later with someone that you love, with a friend or a coworker, or I don't care, make a podcast. I don't care. But just take note of the joy and save it for later if you can't express it right at this moment. I just want you for maybe just like a second to consider that joy is not a goal for later when your taxes are filed and your floors are clean and your retirement account is completely full, whatever you deem that, and you've put your kids through college and you've like officially got an A in life. That's also known as never. Joy is a daily occurrence that will weave itself into the fabric of your life whenever and wherever you let it. It is dying to be let into your life, and it's up to you to let it in right now, today, at this moment, and every moment. For you to be joyful is an act of fucking resistance. A serious poem to make my point. Don't shut down. Peel open the layers of your heart and let it weep and have tantrums and mostly feel impotent in the face of all it cannot change. Don't give in to the war drums beating against your ribcage and don't let your one puny heart cage you in the world's limitless miseries. Stand open. The vast majority of people are like you, kind and brave, heartsick and healing, shattered but refusing to remain in pieces on the floor forever. Stay open. Please, my heart needs your heart right now. 
And then just like that, there's that joy that lets, to keep it from disappearing, you've got to do some work. First, schedule it. Just like you would schedule anything that you really, truly care about or anything that your kids are involved in that's a required thing. Like you schedule soccer practice and you fucking hate soccer practice. You can schedule something joyful for yourself. You can schedule joy. You can schedule showering or bathing. You can schedule 20 minutes to do whatever you want. I really don't care what those 20 minutes are for. You can schedule things and then they happen because you treat them as if they're important. So what if you treated joy like it was important? You can pay for joy in advance. Then you're quote unquote wasting money if you don't go to the concert or the book launch or the otter petting or the art gallery or the movie or medieval times. P.S. Don't look at that shit on YouTube because the same night always wins. Like it's, it's rigged, guys. Medieval times is rigged. <laughs> I went yesterday. Um, so don't look that up in advance. But you can pay for the joy in advance and go and do the thing. You can consciously consume films and books and songs and podcasts and other forms of media that will make you laugh. So you can enter into the spirit of joy willingly and often. The opposite is political articles and reality TV, which can dull your spirit really quickly if you let them. They don't really give you anything. Um, I would recommend UncleBertie.com, UncleBertie.com. It's a podcast with Jermaine Clement of Flight of the Concords fame doing this wonderful, punched up, uh, lovely podcast, silly story just for fun thing. It's wonderful and delightful and makes you laugh. And laughing begets laughter. It's the same thing. If you have a business, you can choose to make your marketing fun. So if you want to dance in your marketing, even though you're not a dancer, dance. And if you want to sing jazz or drop some hot beats or go to the bookstore and record something or get your friends involved, you can do that. You don't have to hate marketing and love everything else about your business. Your marketing can be fucking joyful. You can divorce joy from guilt. It's so important. The world doesn't get better because you deny yourself joy. Your resting bitch face does not make the world a better place, ever, for any reason. The world doesn't benefit when you don't let yourself laugh or when you keep it together and you don't dance when a good song comes on, period. It just doesn't get any better. That's asshole brain and you can ignore it. The world gets better when you enter into what you're actually feeling in any given moment and when you go all the way into it. Growth causes ongoing joy. And pain and delight and hurt and surprise and all the other feels, but joy too. It's one of the greatest sources of joy I know. So where are you growing and pushing yourself? Where are you entering into, I don't know anything about this, and it's delightful. Where are you entering into, I'm completely new to this, I don't know a thing, and in that space I'm free to do whatever feels right. Where are you growing? That's a place to find joy. You can set an art trap for yourself. If you're like, I don't know what the fucking art trap is. Here's what it is. You have some art supplies, whatever they are. I'm going to use the common example I do, which is if you get some brushes and some water and some watercolors and a few pieces of paper and you just leave them sitting in a room that you don't work in. And then when you get up and inevitably wander into that room, there's an art trap just waiting for you. You can make it as elaborate as you'd like. You can get out all of your supplies or you can make it just really simple, but set an art trap for yourself. And if you're like, I can't be trusted to set an art trap for myself, set it for your partner or your lover or your kids and you can all do it together. And that's even more fun. That's even better. Um, you would be surprised at how effective it is to just have that 
as a thing for yourself. You're like, I'm totally going to remember it. It's not going to be a surprise. It's totally going to be a surprise. You can do that. Finally, what would you do if you were being quote unquote selfish right now? Part of what's built into what seems like the, the, uh, growing up female cake is that everything that feels good is selfish and everything that feels bad is what you're quote unquote supposed to do. But selfish is often like, I'm going to take a shower so I don't smell funny and I feel better about myself. Okay. That's not selfish. That's just taking a fucking shower. And joy is often in there too. Like what if you use the good shampoo? What if you use the good soap? What if you took an extra 10 minutes and just sat quietly and hid from everyone in your life who's making noise right now? Go do that thing. There's often joy in the thing that you deem selfish if you're being an asshole to yourself or if asshole brain is winning. To be very clear, joy is not something you get because you've earned it. You can't earn joy because it's your birthright as a breathing human being. That's all you have to do is be human, which you are currently doing right now just fine. And when you are human, you have the right to experience joy. That's it. No other requirements. There's no, I have to do these three things before I have, I'm allowed to have joy. Joy can just weave itself into the whole thing if you let it, and then it gets better and better from there. Finally, how to recover joy from wherever it's gone. And this is incredibly important if you feel like joy is gone. First, if you are depressed, seek medical attention. This can't be overstated. This can't be ignored. There is no shame in some combination of trying medications, alternative therapies, talk therapy, herbal remedies, seeing a healer, a shaman, a helper, a therapist, a doctor, a priest, whomever you need or find useful to help manage your depression. There will be some combination that comes together for you when you try. I am intimately familiar with joy because I've spent so much time at the opposite end of the spectrum. I've battled clinical depression for 16 years and counting in spurts and, and, and bits and pieces and, and throughout that time. The good news is the ability to sit in your own muck and murk increases your capacity to appreciate those moments in which muck and murk are nowhere to be found. So the great gift of depression, which you probably can't see if you're depressed, is that at the opposite end of it, days when you are not depressed are fucking magic just because you're not depressed. And that is the gift, which it's taken, yeah, 16 years and counting for me to get to. (laughs) Number two, you can keep confetti on hand and use it copiously. That sounds stupid. That sounds terrible. That sounds like, oh, God, it's going to make a mess. And yet in that moment when you fling confetti into the air, life is fucking good. So keep confetti on hand. Use it copiously. If you can get someone else to clean it up, even better. You can also remember what used to bring you joy. You can start there. Whatever it is that brought you joy as a four or five or six or seven or eight-year-old, there's probably some nugget of it that still brings you joy today. You can also watch the movie Amelie, A-M-E-L-I-E, on the Netflix or the Hulu or whatever you have. Um, You can watch, there's this really beautiful visual catalog of joy that's created and see if you don't find yourself in any of them. Whether you want to take photos or crack creme brulee or shove your hand into sacks of beans to feel them run through your fingers, the film parades visual and enduring small joys before you for the duration of the film. It's worth watching just to remember the joy doesn't have to be this big, spectacular, multi-week extravaganza of fireworks. It It can be and is often quite small. That said, and related, don't beat yourself up 
small joys are still joys. And if you can find joy in something seemingly small or tiny, you can find joy in something big and giant. If you can't find joy in something as small as a baby giggling, you're not going to be able to find joy in the bigger things. That's It's not the size of the joy that counts. Joy is not a dick, okay? It's not, it's not size-related. Joy is joy is joy is joy regardless. And then keep an eye on, and this is probably the best sort of tip I have, keep an eye on disproportionate joy. So the things that you do that are relatively cheap or free that bring you disproportionate amounts of joy. For example, for me, the Book of the Month Club, which sends you a different um, book each month, shockingly, being called Book of the Month Club, um, reading the Kardashian magazines, and I call that like all of the like people and those kind of crappy magazines uh, at at the bookstore that have Kardashians on the covers, reading them without buying them while I'm having a cup of coffee brings me so much joy. I feel like I've just, I've, the whole system is rigged and I've beaten the system. <laughs> um, the Robcast, it's the podcast by Rob Bell. Like every Monday morning is like, I am getting a gift from the fucking gods that I get to listen to that on Monday morning. That's how I start my week every fucking week. Again, that's free. The ocean is free. Yappy hour, which is in Asbury Park, there's a happy hour that also involves dogs. So I don't drink. I just get water and then I go and pet all the dogs at yappy hour and it is the greatest. So four out of five of those are free. And yet I would pay so much money for them because there's disproportionate joy there. So take notes. You can become a detective of your own joy and then you can begin to find ways into it, especially when it's free and it doesn't take a whole lot of time. Joy awakens the fundamental nature of others while calling on the truest parts of yourself. It's vital and vulnerable. And I hope that with all of these ideas that are coming at you, that you will set joy traps for yourself. In summary, joy is yours for the taking, so take it. Joy is an act of resistance. The most miserable people are the people in charge right now. Take a look at the butterscotch fog, President Trump, and he is not a happy camper. He is the most miserable of all. The billions and billions and billions of dollars and all the power in the world are not making him any happier. Don't become that. You can leave confetti on the kitchen table and dare yourself to find a reason to use it today. You can schedule experiences you know you'll love or you suspect you'll love and then go do them when the time comes. You can actively monitor your input to add more delight and your input being all the media forms that you consume and all of the activities that you do on any given day. You can let yourself laugh when you want to laugh. Just don't tamp the laughter down. That is such a good start. Don't cover your face. Don't try and make your laugh quieter. Just let it out. And remember, you can't earn joy. And guilt is the polar opposite of joy. Claim your joy. Experience it and help others find it too. Instigate. It's so much fun to instigate. From that place where you can access joy and humor and delight and the thrill of being alive, you're perched to take part in the resistance in ways the world has never seen. You're prepared to take anger and fear out of circulation, otherwise known as the third way, to consider old problems from a new angle, to make phone calls to politicians just to say they're doing a good job, because there are a few that are, to plan events and marches and secret activities that are pulsing with life, but not with derision or outrage or contempt and all of the icky feels that come when someone has cut off joy and just taps into anger to make change. 
The world has enough anger and fear to last for seven lifetimes. Joy is an act of resistance, and I hope you'll resist. Damn, that made me cry. Finally, a tiny poem for you. These are all poems I haven't shared anywhere else, so, you know, if you don't like them, then I didn't share them anywhere else anyway. And if you do, let me know in the comments, which I expect you to comment on. That was part of the agreement with you being here, people. The last day of summer. Some seagulls stole our bananas and didn't have the decency to look ashamed when we caught them dragging the bundle from our bag. A pug named Ronnie chased Bubbles as fast as his legs could carry him, snapping his jaws on each floating victim with no loss of enthusiasm. Two old dogs rolled in the sand and kept watch over their toddler charge, his hands permanently up, half stumbling, the tiniest drunk that never drank. I kept watching, but he never fell. Thank you, Resistance Patreon friend for listening all the way to the end of this extended edition. Please let me know, and I'm not fucking joking, please let me know how you're working on joy, how you're finding on joy. Please let me know what was helpful about this. What questions do you have? What would you like to know more about? Comment the shit out of this and let me know. It is a thrill to be able to share this with you in a way that feels so incredibly intimate to me and that allows me to get feedback in real time. It's truly helpful when you give feedback. Thank you so much for listening, and I will catch you soon. Bye. Except for me and you. Love can conquer hate. I always do be true. And that's what makes us great. 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 Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The Antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly, scream sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format. One gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now and we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. <laughs>